Thank you for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please subscribe to our weekly Boston Bruins Hockey Talk on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify Podcasts. We'd certainly appreciate it if you give us show a five-star rating along with a written review. You can also subscribe to our official YouTube channel for a video version of our weekly program. If you'd like to support our show financially, please go to our blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on our affiliated fanatics banner before shopping online another way to financially support our weekly program is to become a patreon member to be eligible for weekly boston hockey prizes and monthly boston bruins hand signed jersey giveaways please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate just one dollar per episode many thanks for the continued support and enjoy the show What's up, Bruins fans? Welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 304, and it's brought to you by betonline.ag. Please go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. Uh, back talking Boston Bruins Hockey Talk with my boy Kevin O'Keefe. Uh, Mr. Dom Tiano is out with family this week, so um, we can't look forward to getting him back. It was really cool to have him for the past two weeks. And um, and each each episode we did with him got longer and longer, so hopefully he, he'll be getting into a, um, a nice little rhythm with us again. But this is family weekend, and we totally respect that. But um, always joining me is Kevin O'Keefe. Kevin, what's up, man? Not much, man. Just um, it's been a weird couple of days, and um, usually I'm more hyped, you know, and I, I feel like it's the same for you, but it's been such a weird couple of days, and we'll have some stuff to talk about here, and um, – you know, we'll just uh, hopefully this will this cloud will pass eventually. Yeah, it's it's uh it has been a, a past tough couple days for uh, myself, you, and many people in Bruins Nation, and and it's just it just uh, in my opinion didn't have to happen. But we'll we'll talk about what really uh, put a, a damper in everybody's mood later on. We just we want to talk about the some happier thoughts to start the program and. You know, if people don't want to tune into that particular conversation later on, they, then they don't have to. But I do want to start the program with with some positive talk, you know, and the Boston Bruins have been playing very well to start this regular season. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about the games last week. Uh, they played the Pittsburgh Penguins on Tuesday night in Pittsburgh. It was uh, a, a little bit of a three game road trip, I believe. Um, but they stopped in Pittsburgh. 
wow, what a game. What a mixed bag of emotions uh, that that game. Uh, a couple injuries. We'll talk about those later. Let's not get into details there. But it was just like the, you know, going down three and, and you're just basically seeing like, you know, hey, the streak had to come to an end sooner or later. But this Boston Bruins team just has the resilience to get back in it at any time of the, you know, as much as I want them to play a 60 minute effort, I'm happy with the way that they respond when they're pushed into a corner. And uh, that was a great example on uh, Tuesday against the Pittsburgh Penguins when they just came back and won it in overtime. Lenius Allmark left out to dry a lot in that game. Um, And, you know, obviously we'll talk about the Jeremy Swayman uh, injury later on, but he came back in and really stood tall, really stood tall and and put the team on the, on his shoulders and uh, right to the end. And uh, what a great game, great comeback Uh, thoughts on the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, the ability for Allmark to be able to bounce back in that game was truly impressive. Yes, I mean, yes. You, you you typically don't see that from a goaltender who's checked out of a game. You know, it's so that's really great to see for Allmark there. Um, the team itself. I mean, one thing I want to point on: uh, Hampus Lindholm had a tough start to that game, uh, defensively, um, just all around, and then. He was really able to redeem himself. I mean, that third period and some of that second period and that OT, fantastic for him. I mean, how can you not look at this guy right now and say to yourself, holy crap, what a steal of a contract, of a deal? I mean, we gave up a couple seconds of first, Euro Vacanine, and we got rid of the uh, John Moore contract in that. In uh, still, I mean, at the time, I was pumped about the deal. I'm even more pumped now. I mean, the guy is playing uh, incredible hockey. And um, to see him get that game winner um, and just really put the team kind of on his back, um, along with a couple other guys who were able to get goals in that third period to get it tied. Uh, Taylor Hall, namely, I mean, the way he was able to corral that puck um, out of midair, turn around, get it in the net. I mean, that guy is really really showing the type of things that made him a first overall pick in this league. So you got to love to see that. At first I thought we were going to see another Senators game and it turned out that um, it was a little different and in a good way, the Bruins did get the win in overtime and um, Thomas Nosek that game. I thought he had a good game and it was almost capped off with an overtime winner hit the post. When's this guy going to score? Who knows, but um, he's really feeling it. He's been playing great for the Bruins as far as the defensive side of the game and reliability on the PK. So it's great to see him kind of turn in the corner there, even though it's not really in that offensive um, type of situation. Um, But, yeah, great game. Um, Crazy game. It was a drunk game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it did have the Ottawa Senators feel, too. I, I completely understand that they get the two points and it's just the way that this Jim Montgomery system just works. It's like, you know, you're never out down and out in, in these games, uh, this, this particular season. And um, I just love the resiliency. I'd love the way they fight back and, and, and just continue to claw away. And even ugly games can still look good. You know, at the end of it, it's two points. It's awesome. And, and you were absolutely right on Hampus Lindholm turning that game around defensively did not look good to start, but good on him to like, you know, really push forward, be a leader on the team, especially on the back end. The guy's just a fluid skater moves so well. And you could see that he was really powering through 
some some early game struggles against Pittsburgh and come out with a four point night. You know, that's 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 really good in in, in a veteran's eyes like that. You know, and you know we'll definitely pump the tires of uh, Hampus Lindholm later on in in a topic we will discuss. But um, no, a great win in Pitts in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, they continue to play decent on the on the on the road and at home. Um, but uh, Thursday night they go into New York to face the Rangers. And last week, you and I and and Dom, we pretty well. I know Dom and I said that that's pretty much a schedule loss, just because of the way that the Rangers have been playing lately, and and how the Bruins Rangers match up in the past and so on. It's never a real pretty one, but uh, Bruins they they they, just, they really uh, I I don't want to say dominated the whole game. But they had a um, parts of the game where they where they the ice was tilted heavily in their favor. Um, great game for Fred, uh, Trent Frederick, one of the better games I've seen in his career. I know there's a lot of people that are real down on him and saying why isn't he waived? Why isn't he down in Providence? Why hasn't he been traded or bought out or whatever you want to say? Because you just you you know you have a displeasure for this this particular player. But it's good to see when he has efforts like that especially on the goal on the offensive side i've always been pumping the tires of his early days in providence with his offensive capabilities and i'm like this guy's going to be a really good nhl player but just hasn't translated that offensive skill to the nhl but has like brought on a physical presence you know with mm -hmm. his addition to the lineup so to have him beat some ass on the ice play heavy play good defensive and and get on the uh, score sheet uh, was a good uh, notch on his belt. Um, and uh, just the Bruins, Linus Allmark, I'm telling you, just just putting this team on on his back pretty much, and just riding this con uh, continued winning streak going into New York. Um, it's just been an amazing story in itself. So uh, a lot of great things that I'm I'm probably missing from that Rangers game. But uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so um, I was the only one on the panel here to uh, think that the Bruins were going to win this one, and they did, which is great. Good on you, but buddy. I did, I did predict that Charlie McAvoy would come back for this game, and I was flat <laughs> wrong on that, as expected. I tried pumping the tires on the tweet machine. Yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, I mean, my know, boy could be a genius here. You never know. I was like, I got to throw something out there <laughs> to spice it up, you know. But no, no Charlie McAvoy, but that's okay because they ended up with the 5-2 victory. Um, I thought it was a great game. Um, you know, they dominated in the offensive zone for sure. Um, outshot them 37-20. Really poured it on Shesterkin. Um, The game in itself, I mean, I thought I thought in that game Nick Foligno was the best forward on the ice. Yeah, He was tremendous. Yeah. Um, his attack of the play, his board work, his speed – um, his ability to um, get into tight areas and come up, come away with the puck, um, just his battle, everything about him is compete. He was just so – it may have been his best game as a Bruin. Um, and it was great to see, you know, in a bottom six role. He got promoted to the third, uh, third line, which uh, Coach Montgomery came out and said that um, he likes to reward players who are doing the right things. And honestly, Montgomery was fantastic in his entire post-game interview. Um, just really pumping his team up and just really like, you know, saying like, Hey, this is my team. And I love my team. Uh, players love to hear stuff like that. So I think that is all great. When you're talking about Jim Montgomery and his passion, um, for the players and, you know, it was when they did the camera view of the bench, when Trent Frederick scored his goal, he was pumped. This guy, this head coach of the Boston Bruins right now 
He is not the head coach. He is a fucking player on the bench. I'm telling you, he gets into the game. And I just think that that is so important. Now, listen, <laughs> it's kind of funny because I didn't expect this from him. I knew he was a player's coach and so on, but I didn't expect all the, the stuff behind the bench. Jim Montgomery was absolutely fucking pumped about the goal and so on. You could see it. And and Chris Kelly was this that grizzled old veteran that you'd see back in the 60s and 70s behind the bench that just doesn't just, yep, yep, okay, it's good. You know, that's it. But no, Montgomery was totally involved in that. And that just made me feel more good about this addition. No, I 100% agree. I mean, he's been fantastic. How can you not be happy with uh, Montgomery's presence alone? You know, it's just, um, it's really great to see. It's a complete change of um, atmosphere, I, yeah. I can say. Behind the bench, on the ice, in the locker room, you can just totally tell. And this team is completely buying in. Um, but yeah, great game for the Rangers, uh, Rangers game there. And I, I think we kind of hit on it pretty well there. And it was a little bit ago, what, Thursday? So, you know, yeah. it's funny. It's like you go to talk about these games and it's like when the games happen, like I remember right after the Pittsburgh game, I was like, oh, I kind of want to hit up Mark and be like, hey, you want to do like a half an hour pod right now? Yeah. Just right. like go out there and talk about it with all right. this, like, you know. But Yeah, because um, all that information is fresh from the games. And, you know, mm -hmm. if, if I had a better sounding studio, because I, I do live in a, in a half a house, I have to respect my neighbors and obviously, you know, my Courtney and so on. She works, um, you know, early in the mornings in the hospital field. So she needs her rest and blah, blah, blah. And I don't want to be up here at 10, 1030 at night, you know, screaming, mm -hmm. hooting and hollering on a on a live feed, like on a on a Twitter thing that I, I'd love to yep. do that. So. Maybe if I can figure out some soundproofing and so on, and we might be able to do some post-game stuff where we can get our thoughts out because they're fresh. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and there's not a lot of research that needs to be done, like these weekly podcasts that we do. I mean, we do sit down and have and put in a considerable amount of time on what topics we should discuss going back and forth on private DMs and so on. So, Yeah, I know they sell um, – like padding that you can buy for your walls but i think that's just more of a noise reduction i don't think it completely cancels yeah. it out i yeah. i, I want to say the only way to really completely soundproof a room is probably going into the walls and adding in like soundproofing like yep. type insulation type stuff or something oh, yeah. like that but if there's any contractors out there or anyone like that who knows about that and wants to hit us up and let us know hey this is how you do it and this is what the cost would be exactly let us know exactly uh and uh obviously the week um did not end very well. I thought it was going to be a, a nice, a nice little uh, cherry on top of the of the hockey week, and the uh, Boston Bruins go into Toronto into uh, some hostile territory and um, lose two to one to the Maple Leafs. I thought it was a good game. I mean, it was it was it was an expected Boston Bruins Toronto Maple Leafs game. It, it, this is this is a rivalry now. We have to get used to it. I'm never going to drop the Montreal Canadiens, Boston Bruins, rivalry. That's going to be embedded in my head forever. But this is mm -hmm. this is this is becoming more and more intense. Um, two teams that are, are very well offense, they're skilled offensively. Um, obviously, we, we have the better, I believe, defense and goaltending. But it was a decent game going back and forth, and it was it was it was tough not to get the two points, but. These are always always tough battles, and and these these fan bases constantly go back and forth on on this and that, on chirping each other, as we we've all seen on on online. So yeah, um, 
Yeah, it's not an easy loss, but it also snapped a uh, seven-game winning streak and an impressive seven-game winning streak, particularly this season with so many damn injuries. And we'll talk about the injuries that continue to be on the list later on. But um, what are your overall thoughts on this game? And how did you perceive them, you know, getting trying to get back into it? Yeah, one thing I want to say to begin with is that Toronto played a very good game against Boston. Um, I thought that they really brought it to them. Um, now, Boston, I think defensively, for the most part, Boston was there. They were there. They kept um, they kept the game close. But offensively, they just couldn't get anything going. The passing lanes weren't there. They weren't able to really uh, go tape to tape. Um, I saw they were overskating the puck a lot, especially on the breakouts, trying to get the puck into the zone. Um, they were losing a lot of battles, uh, getting the puck in deep. Um, Pasenak frustrated me that game. I'm not going to lie. Um, there was a couple of instances that I saw, one namely that really stuck out to me that I want to speak on. Um, during a power play in the third period, I believe it was their second. I believe it was part of the two power plays that happened kind of in a row. It was on the second power play where he was hooked going in to the net, going, you know, crashing into the net with the puck, trying to score, whatever. Um, he was hooked. And what he did was he just completely stopped, put his hands up and looked around, just looked around looking for the whistle. Dude, play to the whistle. Yeah. I don't care if you think that this dude just stabs you in the side with a shank play to the whistle. You don't, that pissed me off more than anything that I saw last night was yeah. Pasternak completely given up on a play because he thinks that he that there should be a call there. Dude, I'm sorry, but you got to play to the whistle there. Battle, compete, because he could have got to that puck, and who knows what, you know, because it went to the corner. He could have got to that puck, and who knows what could have happened from there. Yeah, I, I but, absolutely hate that throughout the league. It's not just the Bruins thing and so on. It's throughout the league when I see that. I was watching the game, a uh, late game last night, and – and somebody did that. I mean, John Tavares did that in that game last night as well in the Bruins Toronto game right in front of the net, just puts his arms up like, Hey, look at me. I'm getting uh, molested here. Oh, that's a yeah. terrible word to use. But... That's a, that, that's a uh, Jack Edwards word. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, creepy Jack. <laughs> but you know, even, even the superstars freaking do it, but I, I hate that. I mean, keep those feet moving at all times. Yep. Um, and he completely stopped too. Like yeah. just completely stopped and just was like, I'm done playing hockey. I was like, what are you doing, dude? That, that annoyed me. All right. That's it for the uh, last week's games talks. Uh, the three games that they had against Pittsburgh, the Rangers and last night, uh, the loss against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, which snapped the seven game winning streak. Let's uh, get into some topics. Um the Bruins unveiled their 2023 NHL Winter Classic logo. Um, let's get some thoughts on this. This is a this is a hot topic. Um, everybody knows that I cannot freaking stand the meth bear. Uh, I I like the meth bear on the uh, on the patches on the shoulders, and that's fully acceptable for me. But never a full crest. That is just wrong and i don't care who tells me i'll die on that hill but i gotta tell you something right now when i saw this logo come out i was like i don't hate it and i was going through a fucking awful migraine that day 20 24 <laughs> hours of a nasty freaking headache 
maybe the headache and the medicine might have given me some uh, like, hey, that's really not that bad. But you know what? When they put the Boston on top of it and they added the B to make it look like the first winter classic at, at Fenway, I was impressed. I'm like the the bear is not like the focal point of the jersey anymore. It's mm-hmm. it's Boston. It's it's just it to me that logo still looks like a patch on a jersey. So it's acceptable in my opinion. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean the logo's fine. Um, I gotta wait until I can see the actual jersey itself before I can give like a full on opinion about it. But um I myself love the meth bear because I'm crazy like that. I love the poo bear. I love it all. Poo sucks. So I love it. I love it. You know, and it's funny too, because it's like when when I looked when I saw that both of those logos were going to be a part of this season in different ways, kind of laughed to myself. I was like, I think a really good meme would be if you put the poo bear next to the meth bear and you put one saying weed above the poo bear and one saying meth above the meth bear. And then and then have it say like which would you rather weed or which would you rather and then it has that and then it shows like a picture of like Pasenak or one of the Bruins players looking all like drugged out or something like that saying Jesus. why not both? <laughs> oh my god! I was That's gonna make funny. it, but I was like, I don't have time. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not hating on the uh, on the logo. I, I I like the idea and so on. It, and it does. It gives every it gives Bruins fans something that they've been um, you know pushing for uh, for a long time it seems like the it's been four or five years now i've seen on social media the real push to get the into the, the meth out there you know and you know the meth see, out there see what the street uh value is out there of the uh of the meth bear but uh no it's 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 good i'm excited for the uh the 2023 nhl winter classic um i always i always get up for those i always take a couple days off i i would like to go this year I know Boosie and I were talking about going. If you want to jump in on it, you're you're welcome too. The uh, the tickets are like right around four hundred dollars, and they're freaking way nosebleeds. But yeah, I think I'll be sitting out this one. That's uh, a lot of money for me to be freezing my ass off. I was thinking about it. Um, the girl and her family were also thinking about doing it. But yeah. After seeing the ticket prices and just realizing it's probably going to be cold as shit, I was just yeah. like, "It's no, I'm not paying that amount. <laughs> I'm going to be in my warm house, <laughs> watching the game, enjoying it that way. I, I will not be standing in the cold." Absolutely. <laughs> All right, moving on to another topic. Um, last week uh, in the Pittsburgh game, De- uh, defenseman Derek Forbert. Um, goes down with a hand injury and uh, he had uh, open reduction and internal fixation surgery and is expected to be out four to six weeks. Um, tough blow for the Bruins blue line uh, in, in this game and, and in the future for, um, for Forbert and the team. Um, Derek's been really, really solid this year, really comfortable on that blue line providing a lot of uh, shots that are coming in for secondary opportunities like we talked about and what the uh, Jim Montgomery mentioned and John Gruden in the, in the, uh, in the off season that they need to generate more from the blue line. I think that forward has been a big part of that, you know, a big catalyst to the, to that success. And, you know, it takes a shot off the hand and injuries continue to mount. So um, what are your thoughts on losing uh, Derek for a possible four to six weeks? Sucks. It sucks. I mean, I think Derek Forbert's been one of your best defensemen so far um, behind Hampus Lindholm. 
Um, I'd say I put Brandon Carlo in that conversation as well. But Fulbort has came out and said, like, hey, I can play wherever you need me right now, and I'm going to play solid. And that's what he's done. And it really sucks to, to lose a guy like that right now, um, a guy that you could say that you really need. Um, so four to six, six weeks is just not something that any of us thought was going to happen. And it really sucks that it did. I, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's much more you can really say about it. You know, it's just a really unfortunate thing that happened. Here's a question that actually got brought up in the uh, discord, our BNG discord. <coughs> um, and I think it's from Flanaman. He says uh, something about Charlie McAvoy coming back tomorrow and would it happen to free up would it need to free up cap space so now that we're talking about Derek Fulbert right here and going on the IR does does now the idea of of massaging the cap for Charlie McAvoy's addition be extended a little longer until Fulbert's almost close to being ready and then the team can be in the corner and have to make a decision on who has to be either be traded or sent down or whatever. Yeah, it definitely buys them time um, for sure. And adding in a guy like McAvoy is definitely going to help you big time to answer the question. I guess. Yeah, it buys time. You know, you don't really um, need to scramble. You can kind of wait a little bit. Um, Maybe you can get Smith back in there and maybe you can pot another goal or two. Maybe you get maybe a little bit better or easier of a trade at that point. Um, there's a lot of things that can happen. Yeah, that's no, true. Yeah, it's unfortunate that Fulbright is out, and um, you know, hopefully he recovers quickly. It's it's weird how it just continues to happen with the injuries as people are starting to come back. It's like a revolving door on this roster, but the team is still putting in solid efforts regardless of who's you know off the roster and you know you gotta you gotta think about that and and how the staff has really prepared these guys for situations like this in my opinion i haven't seen a roster work like this before in the past not a julian roster not a cassidy roster like this you know next man up mentality is you know that's that you know that's been going on for uh, all of the season. And um, we need guys like uh, Jacob Spor- or Jacob Sporrell to, to really pick it up. I'm not really seeing a lot from him since we pumped his tires in the preseason, in preseason action. So it's almost like a Jeremy Lozon effect. Like um, Lozon before his injury was great. Came yeah. back from the injury. So-so. Yeah. Starting to kind of feel like the same thing with Sborrell here after his injury last season. We talked about it last week or the week before. It's like, you know, if Zvorl's really not pushing the needle, uh, when guys come back, I mean, he's probably going to be the odd man out. And, and he does yep. need waivers. And, and you know, that, that could be an option. But who knows? That remains to be seen. But So uh, goaltender Jeremy Swayman um, also was another player injured in the Pittsburgh game. And uh, that one did not look good um, to begin with. Let's put it that way. Um, there's some good things about this whole thing. There's nothing anything good about an injury, but um, later on he was seen walking around uh, with an ice pack on his on his knee. So that's good that he's up upright and making an effort to walk around. So more or less, it probably could be just a, a, a possible strain or anything like that. I'm really if they're saying week to week, I don't think it's got anything to do with MCL, ACL, whatever. Um, Correct. So. Uh, 
netminder Keith Kincaid did make the call um, from Providence, and obviously the upward shift. Uh, Brandon Bussey uh, came up from Maine. Um, Kincaid's up, and and Swayman's week to week. Another just another kick in the nuts for this Boston Bruins organization when we're talking about injuries. This is going to be an interesting one um, because. How much are you going to ride Linnaeus Allmark while Swayman's injured? And how are you going to fit in Kincaid if need be? Yeah, that's the unfortunate part about it is because we're not really sure how much Linus Allmark can kind of handle. We're not like 100% sure there. So you got to kind of feel it out. But um, I think Keith Kincaid will probably get the game uh, tomorrow night. We're recording on Sunday. So Monday night. Um, against the Blues. That's just what I'm seeing. That's what kind of makes sense to me. Um, but I don't know. It's it's one of those situations where you have to you have to give Allmark a break. You have to get Kincaid in there. Um, and when I saw the injury of Swift Force Wayman, when I saw the way his knee bent, did whatever it did, I was like, oh crap. I was like, he's not he's he's gonna be out for a little bit. Um I'm just hoping that he's not out for a month. You know, I'm hoping maybe two weeks, something like that. I'm hoping, you know, I've been seeing some stuff out there about it being maybe like hypertension, I believe of the knee or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Hyperextension or whatever. I forget what the term was, but um, I guess we'll see in short order. Hopefully we'll get some updates. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. If you look at the schedule, um, Linus Allmark played in Toronto last night. Today, as we record, is an off day, and then they play at home uh, against the St. Louis Blues on Monday, as you mentioned. And then they have two days of rest, and then they play Calgary on Thursday, a day of rest, and then they play Buffalo on Sun Saturday. I'm almost wondering that Lenius Almont gets the call on Monday night, gets those two days rest, <laughs> plays again on Thursday, and then – uh, the uh, the crease goes to Kincaid on Saturday because it's a back to back situation. Because on the thirteenth they play Vancouver at home, so that could yeah that could make sense. That could yeah, make I, sense j- just by the way the schedule is kind of breaking up a day here and two days there of rest. It kind of makes sense to me. Um, but the believe it or not the month isn't really that compacted where. We're going to really need Keith Kincaid to really get in. Now, th- this this talk is all remains to be seen, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Jim Montgomery could do whatever he wants, but when you're looking at it and you don't want Keith Kincaid to be put into a, a, a position where he's getting multiple games, regardless of how right. well he plays. So still, you want to ride your hot hand, and that's Lenius Almack, one of the best goaltenders in the league uh, you know, thus far. So... I mean, I, I could see him getting into the uh, the game on, against Buffalo on the road. So, I mean, who knows? It, it, this this month is a lot more spread out than I thought. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Um, I, I haven't really looked at it. I don't know if it gets more congested or not, but um, it seems like the schedule is kind of in the Bruins' favor in this situation right now. It's just uh, how they handle it, you know, with uh, injuries and so on and people coming back. I mean – Real quick before we take our, our first break, uh, David Krejci is back, uh, so that's that's a positive. Somebody that's been on the uh, on the injured list for a little while uh, returns to the lineup. What do you think about his uh, appearance last night in in Toronto? For me, almost unnoticeable. The offense as a whole was kind of 
off, if I can say it that way. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it was just because he needs to kind of get back into things and continue working or not, but it seemed a little off. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. He didn't seem comfortable. Um, hopefully this is not a, one of those situations that he's absolutely rushed back into. Um, and I know that players can play at 80, 90% as well too, but um, you also don't want to, I mean, a, a player that 80 or 90% is better than calling somebody up that doesn't have any experience at all, you know? Right. So um, yeah, hopefully he gets back in, uh, into a groove at home uh, when the team returns uh, to play St. Louis at TD Garden on Monday night. Um, you know, cause that's, I mean, he's been a real, a real force, uh, since his return return and, and, you know, the creativity and so on has been, has been, you know, well seen throughout Bruins nation. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's good to have him back. I didn't expect him to be this good. You know, I thought it was going to take at least in November, late November, maybe even late December to, to get into the groove of, of, uh, of this level again, but he just really jumped right in it with two feet and went, went, went off until this, uh, you know, this, this recent injury. So with uh, David Krejci coming back to the lineup on, on Saturday night against the Maple Leafs, uh, Jacob Lauko uh, was the odd man out as the healthy scratch. Um, what are your thoughts about Jacob uh, being the healthy scratch number one? And, you know, did he deserve it? I know we have to make a roster spot and have to clean room and so on. And, and that's the, that's the, you know, the obvious answer, but um, I don't think that he was the, uh, the right one in my opinion anyway. Yeah, Lauko's been good. Um, like I've said before, anytime he's out there on the ice, especially that fourth line, he really brings another level to that line. Um, I thought he's earned a spot for sure, but you're right. You know, with the way contracts go and everything like that, it seems like he's going to be that guy who's going to be kind of in and out. And from a business standpoint, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I would definitely like him to be in that lineup for sure. Who would you want to take out instead of him? Well, I don't. I don't think um, Greer had a very good game. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I thought that he was um, coasting a little bit. I mean, I know he was getting involved in the scrums and so on. And you know, when he when you thought that liberties were taking on a teammate, he was there. But when the game was you know in full motion, I just didn't. I didn't think that he had it all like he, I've seen in the past. So I think right. that, you know, Lauko deserved a spot over that. But that's that's just – that's then and now because of, the, you know, what we saw last night and who who was taken out of the lineup. So we can kind of, you know, nitpick that. But it might have been to come down to, like, who's better – you know, who's practicing better, who's working a little bit harder, mm-hmm. and this and that. It's those those small avenues that many people forget to think about and not just their, their the game play on a particular night. Yeah, I can agree with that. All right. Um, why don't we take our first break and we'll uh, hear from the awesome show sponsor, betonline.ag. Basketball is back and betonline.ag remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at betonline.ag. As a continued source for all your sports wagering information, betonline.ag features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and major events. 
You can place a wager on games in the NFL, NBA, NHL, and MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head over to the betonline.ag website today and sign up to be eligible to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first cash deposit. Make sure you use our promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive the amazing rewards BetOnline has to offer regularly. Also, we ask that you please get your gamble on in a responsible manner. BetOnline.ag, it's where the game starts. All right, we are back talking Boston Bruins and most recent news of the week. And unfortunately, it's that time that we come to um, the news that happened on Friday afternoon. Um, I know that I was uh, at work and I was sitting uh, having my lunch in the calf and and this uh, this dropped this bomb absolutely dropped and uh, the Boston Bruins um, released an official statement saying that they've signed defenseman Mitchell Miller to an entry level contract. Um, if you've lived under a rock for the past three day two 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 and a half days, um, I'm telling you this was. Uh, this was a, a bombshell, to be honest with you. Um, um, Mitchell Miller is uh, was accused and found guilty of um, tormenting a, a young kid. He was bullying. He was bullying and and had a lot of racial stuff involved and really just un- unnecessary. And and the victim was um, treated very unfairly for uh, several years. And that's just disgusting, in my opinion. Um, and it obviously set up a very big shitstorm with the fan base, uh, media, and um, and you know it's just it was just a very unwanted cloud over this Boston Bruins organization. And um, and and as as a as a person that has followed this team and covers this team for so many years, I was really disappointed in this decision. And um, yeah, but I won't take the uh, the all the heat, you know the limelight here and try to explain everything. But I'd like to get your thoughts on what what you know you went through when you got the news and and uh, the backlash that you saw from the fan base. That, in my opinion, is absolutely warranted. Yeah, I remember hearing about this a few you know a couple of years ago, um, a few years ago, whatever it was when um, he was drafted and. He was renounced, you know, from um, from his pick of, for the Arizona Coyotes. And I didn't look too far into it, um, you know, but once I found out he was, in fact, Boston Bruin at this point and was signed, well, not a Boston Bruin, but, you know, we, we can get into the semantics of it, but I looked more into it. And what I found was just absolutely disgusting. Um, I myself have family members who have learning disabilities. And if anyone were to ever do this, what this guy, what this kid guy, he's now a man. Let's put that. Let's And he was becoming a man as he was doing this. Um, what he did for years upon years upon years is disgusting. And if that happened to one of my, you know, disabled family members, I'd probably be in jail. Because you just don't do that. I mean, I don't care. I really don't care what age you are. If you don't know, and I don't care how, I don't care how you were brought up. I don't give a crap. If you think it's okay to be completely 
dismembering a young kid who has learning disabilities. And on top of that, also using racial slurs because he was, he is also black using racial slurs against this person. I, I just don't know if there can be redemption. I see a lot of people out there saying, Oh, well he was 14. Like, okay, he was 14. But you, what you need to understand is this went on over a period of time, like upwards of six years. Now I understand there's things in there that we may not know. Only the families know I'm not in the situation, but from the information that is in front of me and what I can see, there was no reason for the Boston Bruins to go out and make this signing. Even, even if the kid, let's say, let's say that this kid actually has turned a corner, not saying that at all before people jump down my throat. I'm just saying I'm doing a hypothetical. Let's say he has turned a corner. There's still no reason to do it with how the team's doing and everything like that. It's just a crazy distraction that we did not need. No one needed. And that's why there's such, I mean, Mark and I over here are tongue tied right now. Yeah. Like we don't even know what to say Yeah. about anything right now. We're just like kind of have this cloud over us and it, you know, someone may say, Oh, snowflake, whatever, but no, it's not about that. It's about this team allowing a kid who has done terrible things to come into this organization and Gary Bettman did come out and, you know, talk about how he's not eligible to play in the NHL at this time, which I think is great. It's going to simmer things down a bit, but something has to be done. And, um, you know, call me woke. I, someone on Twitter called me Kevin O'Woke or something like that. I was like, cool, dude. I, don't, I don't care, man. If, if sticking up for a, you know, a disabled kid who was bullied and never got even a proper apology or anything like that and the, is woke then sure call me woke all day i do not stand for that type of shit and i never will no i don't i don't either and um i think that the uh the nhl and being a participant in the nhl one of the 750 80 members of the nhl uh in all 32 teams um you know there's there's a there's a certain character that's needed to get to that spot. 1% of the world make it to the NHL. And that's a very small number. And it's a privilege. And and that privilege should be lived upon what you've done in your past. And and if your past happens to come in front of you and and this privilege and and looks back and says, hey, you did some pretty shitty things. I, I don't think that's acceptable. And I understand that there's a lot of other things that are going on too, but now everything's starting to become, you know, more relevant because it's 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 the internet, it's this and that. We're getting letters being out. We're getting you know all this information, and and it is. It's very it's disturbing to gather it all in. We might not have all the answers. We when we're, we're providing just our own opinions, um, which might not be right for you or anybody else, but I just don't think that this sends a very good message. Um, especially when, when the Boston Bruins have spent so many years pushing forward the uh, acknowledgement and awareness for, for people with disabilities, like, like Liam Fitzpatrick, the fist bump kid, you know, and, and all that. It's just, what are we doing? What are we, what are we doing, like, moving forward with this? It's the, the message to me just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And now, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm full of second chances. You know, my whole life has been second chances of this and that. And I get that, but 
for me, it's just it. We didn't need this cloud over our heads as a fan base, as an organization, or anything. We did not need this. This could have been avoided. If other teams were involved in the bidding war for this this kid's services, then go for it. Pass it on to somebody else. Let them have the media attention that we're getting right now and all the hate from the fan base. Because this is this is just absolute bullshit, in my opinion. Like in my and another thing I keep thinking about was like, was this prospect absolutely needed to be added to our depth? I mean, he's going to be on an entry level deal. Like like what um, Kevin said is uh, Gary Bettman's already came out and said he's not he's not eligible eligible as of right now for the NHL. So why would you take a and he's probably not going to be eligible for the AHL if if the NHL doesn't um, approve it? You know, I, I just don't see why the investment went forward in a player like this that, in my opinion, could have been sought after elsewhere. And and I, I do want to get into some details about this contract because it is absolutely crazy to think about. Well, while you're looking for it, the AHL would be absolutely dumb to allow this kid to play in there after seeing what Gary Bettman came out and said. I mean, you got to kind of follow suit here. You're, you know, you're seeing the top of the food chain say he's not at this point allowed to play in our league. And as the next step down, you need to also be able to make that apparent. You're also not playing here. Yeah, but yeah, Kevin, did you know that if you're suspended, in the NHL, you can't go down. To, if you have availability to go down to the AHL, you can't play there either. I didn't so know. Th- that should play the same rules here. If you are not right. eligible to play in the America in the NHL, you shouldn't be uh, eligible to play in the American Hockey League. And the contract details from Chris Johnson. Mitchell Miller's entry-level contract with the Bruins contains the maximum allowable signing bonus each year which is $95,000 plus performance bonuses, 105 the first year, 80K the second year, and 80K the third year. It contains the maximum AHL salary allowable. My thought, okay, and I'm, I don't know all the details, but just reading that right there does not tell me that the Boston Bruins are giving an opportunity to a kid that still needs to learn. I don't want him to sign his entry-level contract, period. But an entry-level contract should just be that. It shouldn't be bonus-laden for a kid like this with a troubling past. Why are we – it almost seems like we're catering to people like this. Yeah. This, this to me, doesn't send a message that you need to fucking work and you need to bust your ass, and you are on a fine, fine line. This is just seems to be another hockey player that's got some decent talent that we're going to invest in because – somebody else wanted him, and, yep. and uh, you know, it's just, it, it, it's mind boggling to me that the Boston Bruins, all levels of the organization from ownership management. And I'm not even going to go down any further because those are the two top levels that need to be scrutinized right here. The Boston Bruins and the, and the effort on the ice orchestrated by Jim Montgomery should not be involved in this. The management and ownership should be ashamed of what they did. And they should be absolutely ashamed by the position that they put players like Patrice Bergeron in, like Nick Foligno in, like Brad Marchand in. It is a very unfair thing to do. 
And 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 another thing, speaking of fair, and I'm getting heated up now, getting sweaty, the meat sweats are coming out. <laughs> is the fact is that Patrice Bergeron put himself out there up in Canada the night before the, the Toronto game and talked to Elliot Friedman about how he questioned the move, why he asked why, and so on. And then the next night, Hockey Night in Canada reaches out to Don Sweeney for comment, and he doesn't do it. That is unfair. This was so un. This was so avoidable. It's disgusting. It, it, it it's it's so bad how this could have been avoided by another team taking a chance on 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 this kid because this isn't the message that we're sending. If, if if all the Bruins fans out there have listened to what the players have said about integrity, character, what what it means to be a Boston Bruin, I'm sorry, but even as a 14 year old kid and what he did doesn't fit the culture here. Mm-hmm. I don't care about second chances and this and that. We have an agenda here, and if you're not sticking to it, your room is not going to be a healthy environment from now until moving forward. And I can almost guarantee, and I fucking hate saying this, but this this is the type of shit that if Patrice Bergeron wants to come back next year, he's heavily thinking about. Heavily thinking about. Yep. Crazy too. You know, I, yeah. I put out a tweet mentioning that. You know, if Bergeron was thinking about coming back next year, he's probably not now, and I don't blame him. They got a lot of work to do to try to salvage this, and I don't know if they can. I mean, this is the type of shit that the NHL did in the 1940s and 50s when they were just shysters back then, and they were taking money from players and so on before there was a union and shit like that. That's the type of shit you'd see back then. Not now. Not in today's age with, with you know, everything that's been going on. So it's just not a... a it, it really put me into a bad situation about thinking about the, the this Boston Bruins organization, not the team. It's the ownership and how it's how the the body is managed, and I'm just very disappointed in 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 this. And I, I guess more or less when you go when you go back and you and you you look and about an apology, you know the, this this person did so much bad things to a, a kid for eight years that a week ago, all he did was DM the kid and say he apologized. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at what some articles have and so on from, and quotes from uh, Cam Neely, the uh, Boston Bruins president saying that he, they've spent a week with this player talking to him and so on. Well, if you invested a whole week of your time into this player before you signed him to an entry level contract, why didn't you reach out to the, to the victim? Why weren't they involved as well? You know, I I don't understand that. And the apology came from an Instagram DM a week before the entry level contract happened. So in my opinion, and I'm, I'm totally speculating here was that the apology was brought on by the Boston Bruins saying you need to reach out and say, you're sorry. Yeah, you, you, I don't, you're not, I don't think you're too far off there. I mean, like you said, we don't know exactly what's going on. And I think at this point, all we can do, you and I, everyone included, is just see how it plays out. That's all we can do now. Yeah. There's nothing we can do. We voiced how we feel. It's all we can do. I know. And it, it's just, it, it is a hard subject for a lot of people and so on. And, and, 
if you want to call us softies and this and that, that's fine. But you know, I, I kind of care about fucking humanity in my opinion, you know what I'm saying? And I'm sorry yeah, for the and- swearing and so on, but it's just, it's just a subject that it just, this didn't need to happen. This was so, un- it was so avoidable. And, and I'll be the first to say that if something happens to where this kid does turn the corner and gains the respect and gains um, the forgiveness from, you know, the, the kid he abused and the family of the kid he abused and things kind of turn around in that way, I'll be the first to let it go. Yeah. You know, but they, right now today, I don't see that. No, I, I don't I, see it. For me, it's still a chicken shit thing to do. You know what I mean? All you yep. did was all you did was reach out through a social media app and 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 ask for forgiveness when that should have been an in-person thing. I, I believe if you if you want to be a man in the NHL, you should be a man and own up to what you did. And 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 I think an in-person, you know, face-to-face is way more it covers it, it's just oh man i can't even talk it's so aggravated but still it's just that's the way i like doing things if i have a fucking problem with somebody i'm gonna go up and address it to the person face to face man to man i'm not gonna hide behind some keyboard i think that was kind of chicken shit thing to do so um i don't know let's um uh, and you know this there's, there's so much we could we could talk about but we just don't we wanted to touch on it because we just can't we can't can't shade over it and not discuss it, you know. Right. It, it's a it's a was a real bad time in 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 our fandom, and and just a ten and one record, man. It's like why are you putting this cloud over this team right now? But you know, yeah, they ruined they ruined my prediction. I probably would have went three and zero, like I said last week. Yeah. Damn, <laughs> no shit. All right, moving on to uh, another topic: the Boston Bruins defenseman Hampus Lindholm. In my opinion, and I'm and I'm just I'm just looking at his numbers and the way he's played. But for me, I kind of and 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 some other analysts too. I'm, I'm kind of cherry picking this a little bit, but I'm kind of seeing some Norris Trophy candidacy out of out of this player. I'm not saying he's going to win it. I'm not saying he's a lock or anything like that. But he should be considered. As of right now, as we get get closer to the Thanksgiving kind of, um, you know, timeline of, of playoffs and so on, I also think about players that have been on this team thus far in their first full season. And Hampus Lindholm really checks a lot of the boxes for me uh, for being uh, considered, you know, if, if there's any mid-season rankings for uh, a Norris Trophy candidate, I, I would really like to see the NHL look into um, adding a player like Hampus Lindholm to the, uh, to the accolades. And, and, and he has been putting up some fantastic numbers thus far and uh, yeah. really been a leader. And like we, like we said earlier, he's just re- just a real good skater reads the ice well and a solid teammate. And I for one will say that this was a deal that was perfectly made for those people that said that argue with me, they didn't need, they didn't need to add a player and a pick to get this guy. They could have gotten them. You obviously do not know <laughs> hockey. Uh, and I will say that confidently because this is the type of stuff that was needed to get a player like this. Facts of facts, folks, whether you, you know, you're a fan of Tory Krug or, or not. Hampus Lindholm is the guy and, and I'm happy that he's here and I'm happy that the decision that was made. The amount of people 
who shit on Don Sweeney when he made the decision not to bring back Tory Krug for $6.5 million. I believe that's what his contract is. $6.5 million per year. Um, it's it, right now it's showing like it's completely showing that it was the right move. I agreed with it when it happened. I myself didn't want to bring Krug back um, for that amount of money because yeah, he was great when it came to the power play and offensively and stuff like that. But on the defensive side of things, it just wasn't there. Now you have Hampus Lindholm for cheaper, cheaper. And he is playing, like you said, at a candidate of a Norris trophy level of play. It's yep. fantastic to see. And paying- I've been, I've been pumping Lindholm's tires for a good while. Yeah. It's definitely paying dividends. And, and, you know, it, a lot of the people that, that, that reasonably had a conversation with me on social media and said, geez, you know, maybe we paid a little bit too much. And, and, and I'm always the one that kind of says, well, we need to see what we're getting out of him. And they were like, well, last year, last year he comes to the team, plays three, four games, and he's injured. And that's not, that's not, but I'm, I was always the guy that was like, just, just walk back from the roof line. Don't jump yet. Let's see what this guy can do with a whole off season of workouts in Boston around the team and so on. And then feather yourself right into a new regular season with this club and then go from there. And by the time, this late December goes around, evaluate him then. We're way before that that uh, late December timeline, and we're seeing what he can do on this blue line. And yep. And then you get McAvoy back involved. You know, it's just it's it's just it's something special uh that's brewing here. And I'm not sure if it's gonna be a Stanley Cup this year. I know you're on the uh the the big tire of Stanley Cup this year and the tire pumping of that, and I and I totally get it. But I just love the the pieces that we're getting that are involved with this team longer term that you can build around them and so on. So, I mean, seriously, it's I get a kickstand thinking about the addition of freaking Mason Lowry in the next year or two to this to this defense, you know. Yeah. And unfortunately, he's going to have to start off on the on a third pairing, uh, maybe maybe even get up to the second. Who knows? But still, it's just. It's good things to have, good things to build. The defense needed to replenish itself, and I think that we're finding ways. It's taking longer term to get to the get to where we absolutely want to be, but it, it's paying dividends. and And I give kudos to the uh, to the Bruins management. But anyway, yeah, I mean, good things are coming. I, I love what I'm seeing from Hampus Lindholm and um, and and you know this defense. Get get Forbert back too. I mean. Once this team is healthy, and you've been saying it, you've been pumping the tires of a healthy freaking Boston Bruins team for a couple of weeks now. All right, moving forward. Uh, hey, Brad Marchand is back in the lineup, and he's been playing very well. Double hip surgery. Who knew a guy like this can come back and just make an immediate imp- impact? But also, when you look at Brad Marchand's career, um, he um, he pat, uh, uh, last night – in the Toronto Maple Leafs game, he got point number 800. Uh, what an accomplishment for, for Mr. Marshan, 2011 Stanley Cup champion. Um, and, and in my opinion, when he hangs him up, he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer shortly thereafter. Um, and he, we know that that's probably going to piss off the freaking the leagues pretty much because everybody hates a Brad Marshan, but they would love to have him on their team. Thoughts on 800? 
I think it's great. Uh, he deserves it. He's been a fantastic player for this organization um, for many years now, and it's quite the accomplishment. you got to be happy for a guy like Brad Martian. Um, he's had his ups and downs, of course, as far as uh, extracurricular activities. Um, but I think he's really starting to turn the corner here, um, and that's in light of the suspension last year, I, which I don't know was even a slew foot, to be honest. Um so you got to be happy for him. I'm happy for him. He's a fantastic player. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's just one of those types of players that you just really gravitate to love um cuz he puts it he puts it all out in the ice and and he's also a character off the ice and and uh, you know, a good teammate, good friend and so on. Um and tells it tells you how it is, you know. I mean, it's yeah. just that's a that's what you want to uh, see in a player. Oh, I want to talk about this is an added one. Sorry, I, I didn't get the, to this one on the agenda, but how about Charlie Coyle, the goal scorer? I mean, this guy has been, it really took a turn uh, in his offensive capabilities uh, this season. And it's really good to see. I've, I've always, I've liked Charlie Coyle and I liked his game on the, uh, being a third line center. Uh, I'm not a fan of him going on the right wing. We all know that. Um, but you know, he's, he's a solid puck possession player, but when you add that with his, his scoring, uh, capabilities, it's, it's, it's just really good to see. And you can see it in his face. He's got a really a big jump in his step. Uh, it, it had a four game goal streak, which is, uh, amazing. I think that's his longest in, in his Bruins career, but, um, just that added secondary scoring down on the third line from Charlie Coyle. What does that do to this lineup moving forward, Kevin? It's huge. You need it. Um, Charlie Coyle has always been a player for me that shows so much skill. And I've always wanted him to shoot the puck more. And it seems like he's shooting the puck more. I mean, he's got 24 shots on net so far. Um, I think – that's pretty damn good. He's got a 20.8% uh, shooting percentage. Pretty damn good. Um, he's got five goals on the year, and you need it big time. So let me ask you another question to, to dovetail that one. Is the creativity allowed from a coach like Jim Montgomery bring out the best in a Charlie Coyle? Like, was, I think so. Was, was he like – I want to say push back or held back from certain things and, and, and where to commit and where not to under a Bruce Cassidy system. But is the leash longer for some, a player like Charlie Coyle and others on this Boston Bruins team to express that creativity and that offensive throughput that we kind of haven't seen, especially five on five in the past couple of years. He's, he's able to attack the puck. He's able to attack the play, and I think that's something Montgomery's system has allowed for these players to be able to do. Uh, it's, it's more than it's, Cassidy. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to see. You know, and and when he's going, you see players like Trent Frederick going. Um, you know, he's a leader. He's been around for a while. You know, he's a veteran in the league and so on. Um, but I'm just really happy to see him getting the goals. You know, that's what I really love about his game. And it's not about the money. A lot of people say, well, you're just pissed that he's getting paid $5 million and he's not producing a goal every game. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, Dom Tiano, our, our co-host here, talked me off the roof of that a while ago when he, when he right. first got here. I was like, why are we making, and it wasn't even because Donato was involved in the trade. 
is why are we investing in in somebody who is so streaky point wise? And when he came to the Boston Bruins, he was streaky as he was in Minnesota. So I was kind of like, where are we going here? But then I got to see how he uses that Yager style, like, like poise on the ice, just puts that ass out there, protects the puck really well. And, and those are the small um, impacts of the game that I really started to like about Coyle, but I wanted him to get more offensive because I know he could put the puck in the net. Once he gets that goalie so close to the to the goal line, he is barred down deadly all the time, all the yep. time. So if you can get him more active in the hash marks, man, I, I mean, the the four lines of depth would be scary if it just continues downward. Absolutely, no, I agree, one hundred percent. Let's uh, quickly hear about Can I Wellness Talk. Those guys are amazing, and I use their products all the time. Can I Wellness offers you four distinct experiences for the different challenges you may face throughout the day. Can I sleep? Can I mend? Can I fresh? And can I boost? It's the trusted brand for sports, fitness, and wellness households. With over 50 vitamins, nutrients, and herbal extracts and four compact sprays, it's the most convenient way to get back on your back on track with no pills, water, or messy powders. 90% of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds. It's like an entire health food store in your pocket and is endorsed by Olympians, NHL players, and pro sports stars who rely on the Can-I Wellness Company to support high performance. Let's talk about each product. Can-I Boost allows you to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and energize the healthy way. Use daily before you work out when studying for an exam and other times you need increased clarity, stamina, and concentration. Can I Men provides the after-party liver support and works fast to, re to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. This unique oral spray supplement is blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headache, sickness, and lack of energy. Can I Fresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous before a presentation or need to calm down after a hectic day, the 11 natural and vegan ingredients in Can I Fresh take the edge off without making you tired or unmotivated. And Can I Sleep? This all-natural vegan sleep aid is uh, convenient and fast-absorbing. No mixing of beverages, no waiting for gummies to kick in. Just spray, roll over, and snooze. Control your dosage on how much sleep you need. If any of our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast listeners want to try these amazing Can I Wellness all-natural oral sprays, please go to caniwellness.com and use our promo code BNG25. That's BNG25 to receive 25% off everything off the caniwellness.com website. We thank Can I Wellness for sponsoring this episode and our weekly Boston Bruins-related podcast. Well done once again, Mark. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting pretty good at these, even though I'm having a tough day talking today. Oh, <laughs> words, no, I feel you on that one. Words are hard, my friend. No, I feel you. <laughs> um, why don't we uh, finish up with uh, some uh, Providence Bruins hockey talk? Uh, let me get this teed up over here, um, real quick. I'm going to be, I going to be, I promise this time. I promise. I'm going to be releasing episode two of the Providence Hockey Report podcast. Things have been absolutely crazy. Uh, lately at the uh, black and gold production sports media company. So uh, we will be, uh, I will be getting something out soon. Um, but the Providence Bruins are in first place in the Atlantic division uh, with a seven, one and one record. 
and 16, 16 points. They are currently on a 4-0-0-1 streak and 7-1-1 in the last 10. Uh, playing some decent hockey. Nothing nothing great. A lot of late game um, uh, comebacks, uh, which are a little uncomfortable. I wish there was a little more of a 60-minute effort. But like the NHL Boston Bruins, this Providence Bruins team doesn't quit till the final buzzer. And a lot of these games are going to overtime and so on. But uh, sitting pretty above the... Atlantic division is uh, is not a bad thing in this particular time of the season because in, in past years, the Providence Bruins struggled because of what's going on with injuries up at the NHL level and the influx of roster uh, that the uh, head coach has to deal with. But I'm really surprised on the record and where they're standing right now with all the injuries currently that the Boston Bruins have. Leading the way for the Providence Bruins in, in, in points is uh, is veteran Vin, Vinny Letary. He has uh, six goals, four assists, 10 points in 10 games. He's been a real solid addition to this Boston Bruins uh, depth after he um, cleared waivers and reported to the to the uh, American Hockey League Bs. Uh, Fabian Lysel continues to have a, um, an amazing season, first, um, first pro year. Uh, he's got three goals, seven assists, 10 points in eight games. Luke Toporowski, wow, this guy is a buzzsaw, absolute buzzsaw on the ice, uh, and he is in an undrafted AHL-only contract uh, that the Bruins definitely want to keep an eye on. He is currently on a nine-game point streak. He has five goals, four assists, and nine points. Uh, Georgie Mikulov has been playing very well as well. He played in Wednesday's game last week, but did not play in last night's game. So remains to be seen if Georgie is going to get in the lineup this afternoon when the Providence Bruins play at the uh, Amica Mutual Pavilion. But that's that's pretty much it. Like just to give a little bit of an update on the Providence Bruins and how they're doing and some players that are standing out. I do want to mention that Kyle Kaiser has uh is three one and one this season and he's he's been playing very well. He's gonna get uh, a lot of work um, moving forward with however long Keith Kincaid is gonna be up with the uh, the Bruins at the NHL level. Uh, and Brandon Bussey, uh, he came in in last night's game. Uh, Kyle Kaiser got injured last night. I'm sorry, I should have I should have known that. Uh, Kaiser got injured. Bussey came in and really took the reins to get the uh, the three to two victory over the uh, Springfield Thunderbirds last night. So um, lots of injuries going up and down the lineup of this Boston Bruins team. So um should be interesting moving forward. Well said. Uh, any any questions on the uh, on the Providence Bruins at all, Kevin? Um, do you think we're going to see Vinny Letary at any point this season, Boston Bruins? I could I could see it later on in the season. As a as a th- as a thank you for your hard work and you know he's been a real good veteran down there and a good leader. Um, been on the top line a lot, working with some some of the higher prospects like Fabian Lysel, Mark McLaughlin, and um, and Luke Toporowski. Um, just a, just a, an all around like a Swiss Army knife type of guy, uh, but he's he, he's providing offensive numbers and really good on the power play too. Uh, when when Jack Ashan's quarterback in the power play. And and um, and Letary's like in the middle, just that playing that bumper role uh, on the half wall is is it's really fun to see how they move the puck uh, together. And he's he's got some skill. I I never really watched this player much before, but he does have a, a, a an 
a, a huge amount of um, offensive uh, capabilities uh, to provide and, and give. And, and I kind of think that his, his call will be later on because it's, it's tough to say, I can't, I, I don't like saying this, but he could get his call, but he will be waiver eligible on the way back down. Makes sense, I, I believe, I believe, even though he did clear waivers at the beginning of the season, I still think that there's a certain time frame that you, you can go down. And then if you get called back up, you have to go through waivers again. I don't know, but he could be a solid person that you put on your taxi squad, um, you know, for the upcoming playoffs, if the Bruins make it, which as of right now, it looks like they are right. But, uh, you know, just a really good depth signing that, you know, a lot of people were like, why are we making these signings when he's not going to play in the NHL? Why are we making he has NHL signings? experience? Yeah. I mean, he had a sneakingly good year last year in both the American hockey league and the national hockey league. I mean, yep. he had, he had, he was productive in his games uh, at the, at the NHL level and down in the AHL level. I think he had like, I think he had like 20, 20 and 40 or something like that. I'm, I'm pretty bad with the numbers, but I mean, he did good with the goals. And, uh, yep. you know, it was, I think it was just a, a, it was a good signing that the Boston Bruins knew that probably he wasn't going to make the NHL roster, but those are the signings that they do all the time when they want to push the internal depth. That's why Vinilitary was here was to push other players like, like Jack Stadeker and so on. And, and look where we are now with that. But uh, Vinilitary last season in 31 games played the Anaheim Ducks, I'm assuming in a fourth line role, um, had five goals and five assists for 10 points. Now look um, at his AHL numbers. AHL numbers last year for the San Diego Gulls. He had 22 points in 24 games played. Yeah. So uh, that's, Eight that's goals, 14 saying. assists. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's off to an even better start this season you know, uh, with, with the Providence Bruins. So, you know, just, I, he's another player that's an extension of uh, Ryan Mujadel's coaching staff as well. Just a, a veteran that comes in there. And, and grinds it out and, you know, does what he needs to do. And, and, you know, ultimately he's there to help. And, and his, his, uh, his presence has been, uh, has been very well welcomed. Let's say that. All right. Um, I think that'll do it for the, uh, this podcast. Uh, it was a tough one. You know, it's, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. It was, uh, really hard to get topics up and, and get up for this because of the, <laughs> because of the, the shit that went on Friday, but still, you know, we have a, we have a job to do to talk about the bees and what's going on every week. And hopefully next week it, it, we can, you know, change the, the you know, turn the page. Um, ultimately, hopefully the, the contract is um, terminated, but you know, that remains to be seen, but still right. uh, next week it'll be a happier times and so on. Um it's just a, t a real tough weekend for us personally. So with that being said, I'm your host, Mark Allred. That is Mr. Kevin O'Keefe. We will talk next week. Um, don't forget the Patreon. We do have a jersey to give away uh, this month. I'm going to update the video of the particular jersey we're giving away at the end of this month. So sign up for a dollar. We really appreciate everybody that that donated uh, last month uh, towards the end of the month for a big push for the Ray Bork uh, prize bundle. Congratulations to Mr. Hollis Jackson down in Alabama. Uh, he won the whole uh, the four item prize pack, and uh, that, that was awesome. He's really excited. He reached out to me saying that Ray Bork was his favorite player growing up, and he's just absolutely thrilled. The whole family down there is excited to have a, a Ray Bork shrine 
down in the Alabama. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll talk next week. Hopefully, like I said, you know, it'll be much better topics. Uh, and, and hopefully Dom Tiano joins us uh, once again. And, yes. you know, and we can uh, get going. We do have St. Louis on tomorrow night, Calgary on Thursday, and back at for another Saturday game. Uh, against the Buffalo Sabres. So it's a quick predictions, quick predictions. What do you got going on for next week? So I'm going to say tomorrow night is a loss. I don't know why. Okay. I I don't, I just, St. Louis is a tough team. I, I, you know what I really want to do is you want my prediction. I want like Lenius Almach to keep the shit out of Johnny Bennington. Um, oh, yeah. But anyway, anyway, yeah, I do have a loss for the Monday night game, um, but I, I have them coming back, getting on board after the two days rest and beating Calgary uh, on Thursday night and beating Buffalo on Saturday. Okay. What, what do you got? Let's see. So tomorrow I got a win. Calgary, I have a loss. And then the following game, win. So two nice. and one. Very good. Yeah, we got we got the same uh, same thing, but different scenarios. Yep, just win the week, Bruins. That's all you gotta do every week. I know. Is win the week. That's it. And you're gonna be fine. Win the week. That's it. All right, but uh, with that being said, I'm Mark Oliver. That's Kevin O'Keefe. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace out. Peace out. Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to blackandgoldproductionsllc at gmail.com. Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at blackandgoldpod at BNG Productions, at Black and Gold 277, and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official blackandgoldhockey.com website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out.